Hello and welcome to IEEE Soft Robotics Podcast. In this podcast, we are going to interview researchers from Pulse Academia and Industry about their work, thoughts, spectrum, and more beyond that. This is Marwa Edwini, and I hope you will find this podcast useful. If you would like to connect with us, simply send us, and we will be happy to hear from you. And here is my interview. Thanks. Hello and welcome to IEEE Soft Robotics Podcast. Uh, could you please introduce yourself? Yes, I'm um, Alina Albuschefer. I'm a professor at the Technical University of Munich and uh, director of uh, the Institute of Robotics and Mechatronics at the German Aerospace Center. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, what's the first robot you build and what is the feeling you had at the time? Oh, the first robot I built was actually uh, the very first version of, of the DLR lightweight robot. I did mm-hmm. my PhD on that. And uh, uh, yeah, actually it was not such a good feeling because Why? it was the very first prototype and didn't work well. Actually, it was just the second prototype where we used all the experience we gave with the first one to, mm-hmm. to have a, a good system and close to what people know today as, as lightweight robots. Mm-hmm. So I would like to go back when you were a child, because there is a Japanese robot to say that when he was a child, he was afraid from wax figures. So when you were a child, have you ever heard of robots? And was it like creepy you or interesting? What's the feeling as a kid when you were small? Oh, uh, no, actually, probably I, I got excited uh, mm. from um, uh, by, uh, by robots from, from science fiction mm. literature and, and uh, even, you know, uh, yeah, movies, but mainly, mainly uh, literature. I, I uh, mm. remember uh, a novel about about scientists trying to to recreate life. You know, to to build small machines, robotic animals, which can harvest their food and and they mm. can also reproduce. And then, at some point, they started fighting uh, around food. So the question was, you know, is this real life, or yeah. or uh, was the difference between machines and and uh, and real life? And this this is a very intriguing question, I think, which drives many of robotics researchers. Mm. So today you give an interesting, uh, really excellent presentation about uh, robotics and thanks you ahead of German and robotics team at, uh, for German Aerospace. I would like to ask you from your experience, how you would define robotics? Because there are a different definition. From your experience, how you would define robotics? Oh, uh, robotics is probably the, uh, the, the science of intelligent machines mm-hmm. uh, designed to to interact uh, with with the real world uh, in a in a physical way, right? Mm-hmm. So, do you think there is a question that we didn't have considered yet for robotics research? Most important questions. Oh yes, for for sure. I mean, uh, of course, we addressed um, uh, intelligence for for a long, long time, but now we see that with uh, with the development of the last years and having. Uh, a good hardware basis of, yeah. of uh, robots. Meanwhile, we really expect some some big ba- breakthrough in uh, uh, breakthroughs in, in um, intelligent robotics. On the other side, if if you look at robotics as you know a platform on which we try to uh, Im- re-implement and, and understand um, properties which which uh, human have, then we can ask ourselves you know how much of, of mm-hmm. our human skills. 
yeah. we really succeeded to transfer it to our robots and, mm. and then we realized probably that the way we have in front of us is stitch much much longer than yeah. than the uh, way we uh, we look at behind us mm, because the driving for you is understanding the human do you think we are really far beyond uh, full understanding do you think we really understand at the deep level because you you really passionate about that yes uh, i mean what do we understand of course we understand some some basic principles of mm. uh, of motion of arms uh, uh, basic principles of grasping locomotion but in all uh, those skills we are still far far uh, mm. beyond uh, human capacity if it if we look at at a broad bandwidth of course we can always design specific machines which are uh, uh, much better than human performance for mm. for specific task our industrial robots are faster and stronger than humans mm -hmm. and and, and uh, of course we can design robots which fly and so on but mm -hmm. uh, if if uh, we know that when we compare to to uh, human benchmarks in, in manipulation or locomotion uh, we are we are lagging behind and and that's just you know still the the, the lower part when it comes to uh, to planning to to do more complex actions mm. we did not seriously go into that yet mm -hmm. so when you expect how many years so that we can achieve this level do you expect number of years so that we have skin knowledge and I, I, I don't know. I, mm -hmm. I, I don't like to make these predictions okay. because uh, robotics may be overpromised quite um, uh, quite often, and uh, I think it's it's really hard, uh, if mm. not impossible, to to predict scientific discoveries. Right? I mean, yeah. it's it's a bit easier to 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 try to predict when some technologies which are pretty advanced now in research will will enter into the market. Right? And I talked today about. Um, personal assistance in healthcare for uh, impaired people and so on. This is a yeah. technology I think is feasible in the context of the um, ecosystem I, I described. So having assistance robots with with some level of uh, autonomy and intelligence, mm -hmm. but then having interfaces for um, uh, for call centers, teleoperation interfaces, and and for uh, other people, relatives to to uh, help the robot or the patient out if uh, if the robotic system fails. So putting all this together, I think that that the market for uh, assistive robots in in the healthcare area will mm -hmm. will break through in, in in the next decade. Mm -hmm. So now you have more like more than twenty years experience since you were a PhD student, and now you're heading people research. What are the most misconceptions about robotics and really concerning you? Oh, uh, misconceptions, I don't know, I, I wouldn't see it that way. I mean, we are we are faced to, to very high expectations, of mm. course, and, and of course this is, a, this is a challenge and we need to to explain, you know, what the difficulties is, uh, are, what, what the achievements of of robotics uh, have um, have been, of course, also during the, after the talk today, mm. uh, as always, the question was raised whether robots uh, destroy workplaces and mm. how they will influence our our society, and uh, this is something I think which is particularly strongly addressed for robotics, just because robots are anthropomorphic and, and mm. uh, maybe humans have been trained during evolution to defend themselves and, and, and to you know, see it uh, as, a, as a, a pot potential danger, everything mm. which, which moves on legs and has a head and two eyes, right? 
while the dangers coming maybe from more abstract areas like uh, mm-hmm. like the internet uh, communication are not so not so well perceived so maybe maybe also the danger coming from robotics is, is overestimated and and i think there's also a challenge we need to face and address to explain the potential delimitation but also the measures we take in order to to uh, provide uh, uh, robotics which is trustworthy and reliable. Mm-hmm. So concerning intelligence, how you would see intelligence and the d- robots you develop already for medical application or space application? To which level are they intelligent? Well, you know, in the, our institute comes from the area of mechatronics and mm. control and my main expertise is also indeed control and and, and mechatronics and I think is where we have done really big progress during the last years and Mm. although we also recognize also in our institute that we have uh, to to shift our focus and more more than half of my institute is now focusing on uh, on uh, different aspects of intelligence perception action uh, planning and 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 so on Although in this area there are some other uh, top experts than uh, than myself, uh, but uh, my interest is mm. still in in understanding motion and and uh, currently I'm looking very much at, at locomotion and and soft robots, compliant robots, and the way um, biology exploits these compliance properties to uh, to to move in efficient and safe way. And this has been also mm. topic for for research for. Now we yeah, are uh, very intensively for for maybe 10, 15 years, but uh, also here we have not uh, presented the breakthroughs. Many people know that we worked on variable compliance robots, expecting that by changing compliance one can uh, adjust the properties of the body to the environment. Mm-hmm. Now we we discover very interesting things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we discover how we can uh, you know exploit resonance motions. Uh, the fact that um, elastic bodies, even highly nonlinear, uh, highly coupled with multi-body systems, mm-hmm. have a lot of uh, uh, modal behavior, low-dimensional uh, resonant behavior, which can be exploited by locomotion. And this is still a quite unexplored field in robotics. So yeah. this is what what fascinates uh, uh, me currently in uh, yeah. in terms of research. So there is a question: since you are focused on control, do you think because if we go into compliant, the highly nonlinear? So do you think we have to come up with new algorithms for com- instead of the traditional control algorithm? Because this nonlinearity is maybe we can't destroy it or we don't understand. So how you see this mismatch? Since, uh yeah, so we, we are still missing the mathematical tools for really exploiting uh, highly compliant robots moving very fast. Mm. Uh, our understanding of physics and mathematics for that uh, is is not advanced enough because mm-hmm. linearized models do not work uh, here well. Not even the classic rigid body models, uh, robotic use. Not even uh, the the compliant robots with uh, with uh, limited uh, uh, elasticity and compliance. But we go in a regime where where uh, we have high amplitude uh, oscillations uh, in um, in uh, elastic resonant motion. And we now discover how how to model that, how to control that, and uh, basically we discover also that uh, sometimes less is more. So basically understanding the physics of the system and applying a a control which uh, uh, applies uh, less effort but is more efficient requires 
much more understanding of the mm. physics and dynamics exactly. of the system. And, and this is what, again, what I think is very, very exciting is, uh, uh, well, uh, together with Stefano Samigioli, we both address uh, this t uh, topic from different perspectives with our, within our um, ERC uh, grant projects. And we hope that in, in several years we can report some, some, some major advancements here. Mm -hmm. So what are the challenges that you are facing and you really wanted to focus on the coming years, the challenges you have? I think in, in terms of research I, I addressed them um, already, right? Mm. Uh, design of these new highly efficient uh, systems, addressing the, the uh, fusion mm -hmm. or, or of intelligence and and uh, and uh, robotics hardware, or maybe uh, to be more specific, developing the embodied AI characteristics which uh, we need for our field. But also, uh, there's a big challenge in in really going to the fields and developing the uh, the applications to the market level. Um, still, in industrial uh, areas, uh, cobots, assistance robots are not as uh, ubiquitous as we would like. I mean, uh, thousands of robots are sold every year, but maybe not hundreds of thousands as, as one uh, would expect. And this is also mm -hmm. because of interfaces, because uh, hum of, of limited human-machine interfaces, programming capabilities, yeah. and so on. But also getting the robots in, for example, in the healthcare area. Surgical robots are coming now in a, in mm -hmm. a larger number to the market. So addressing the applications and, and mm -hmm. uh, uh, developing the robots which are used by the specific markets is is also a huge challenge which uh, mm. which we need to address and now we learned that we need to do that much earlier mm. uh, together with with our end users than we have done it uh, before yeah so how do you see the progress of soft robotics or robotics in general when we started you think uh, it's linear and exponential the progress oh. It's. I mean, I think there there are waves in in in, uh, in this development, right? And we needed like uh, 15 years to to develop these torque-controlled compliant robots to mm. uh, and robotic methodologies in terms of hardware control methods and now also software interfaces, such that now there are several companies. Uh, really, there's there's a big market of cobots and many companies using this knowledge and, and uh, spreading this technology into applications. So it took like 15, maybe 20 years, depending on when, when you uh, uh, consider the, the start of this development. And mm -hmm. now a lot of research is, is into, into locomotion, efficient locomotion. Also in, in, in grasping, I think there are new ideas in, in grasping. So there's these areas which still haven't, haven't been um, uh, solved to, to a level uh, which is uh, comparable to, to biological performances and which is, um, which is satisfying. And I have the impression that now maybe we are in the middle of this process. We still work on delivering uh, you know, the, the, the best performance prototypical systems and it will take again maybe from that point on five to ten years to, to get the products in the market. Mm -hmm. So, you highlighted about how we can make sure that robotics is beneficial to humanity as all. Well. Do you think we're really going this direction to make sure it's beneficial 
since you focusing on the end user and how the application will help people. So do you think this is something um, really consider in robotics community research? Seriously? Yes, I, I, th I think it does. Um, but uh, I the, the difficulty we have mm -hmm. is, of course, that robots are very, very complex um, uh, systems. So, mm -hmm. so scaling robotics production is, is not an easy task. And, and uh, um, so I think that Yes, we develop applications more and more with uh, end users in, in very early stage. For example, the, the healthcare applications we have now, we develop since five years together with uh, motion impaired patients and we mm -hmm. go regularly to, to those patients every three to six months and uh, we have a complete list of their needs and wishes and the, the mm -hmm. priorities they have and then we have uh, caregivers which work together with us and try to simulate in very early stages the, the, the kind of uh, services the robots uh, would like to provide and, and we, we test them, um, those, those services with, uh, with, with our patients and uh, this changes completely the, the way we design the system. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So since you're working at the General Space and you highlighted some videos about astronaut teleoperating robots, do you think there would be a competition between robot and human and they can be replaced? Do you think this scenario could happen that there's competition between human and robots? Someday? I mean, this is a discussion going on for a while and mm. uh, as, as on Earth, also in space, some people are afraid that they, they would yeah. be uh, replaced by humans. Well, in space, it's, it's pretty simple. There are many places in the solar systems where humans cannot go to their age. Mm -hmm. the, the, uh, today, we had, uh, of course, humans in low Earth orbit, so in, in the space station and satellites around Earth. Uh, well, uh, NASA had uh, humans on, on Moon, mm. and that's it. The next plans are to have a, a station maybe around Moon, and maybe in the next 20, 30 years bring people to Mars. But uh, there are incredibly many locations in the solar systems, in the solar system, which are uh, highly exciting and not accessible with today's technology at all to humans. For example, uh, the, the moons of, of uh, Jupiter and, and Saturn. Uh, there are, uh, for example, the moon um, uh, Europa, which is a moon covered by ice and supposed to have an ocean below it, right? Mm -hmm. Highly interesting. Uh, potentially, it could uh, even harbor life b b below this uh, thick uh, ice surface, but the radiation um, around um, Jupiter and Saturn is so high that no human could mm. survive this this journey. And and for the I, there's no technology inside mm. for doing that. Even even a journey to Moon uh, to I'm um, sorry to Mars, which would take today something between two or rather three years, uh, would would uh, uh, surpass mm. the maximum radiation doses for a human for a lifetime, right? So there are places where you would go just with, uh, uh, with robots today. And then, of course, humans in, in space, that's also something exciting, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, as much as we like robots, uh, the excitement of public of seeing an astronaut uh, uh, descending on moon will never, you know, 
be equaled by 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 a robot landing on moon i mean that's what mm. we also have to recognize so of course i, mean, I think there are two time scales right we will send robots as avant-garde as as helpers as uh, maybe to, to some spaces where uh, or places where um, humans can never come, but we will also try from time to time to, mm -hmm. to send humans to, to, to conquer the, the universe or at least the solar system. Mm -hmm. So do you think emotion and do you think robots can be conscious and have emotion or in other side human can develop like any any kind of interaction with a robot and can feel like companion because you highlighted like movie like I robot. Do you think this kind of like a hype or we can really reach this level that robot could be conscious and have emotion? Oh, I I don't know if the robot can be conscious and have emotions. It's it's one of the areas, for example, when when I mentioned that we started from the bottom from yeah. motion of arms and legs and hands, and we need to advance to to higher levels of uh, intelligence and cognition. Uh, we don't know anything about how to model uh, consciousness or, or or emotion about robots. But what we know very very precisely is that uh, humans behave as if robots would have emotions. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I, last week I've been um, in a in a theater with uh, with a humanoid uh, robots, and uh, uh, I mean part part of of. Um, of of the play was that uh, you realize that after one hour, all the uh, the people in the audience developed empathy with the robots, right? Mm. And and uh, at some point, uh, the robot did some weird motion, and mm. uh, it it uh, it really hurt, right? You you uh, you have some empathy with the system, even knowing, uh, as a roboticist, of course, that yeah. it's a it's a, a, a robotic system. We as humans are programmed such that we very quickly, mm. you know, assign assign some uh, some some human properties to to those machines. Mm -hmm. So maybe at the end of the story, it's it's probably more about also looking at the human side of interaction with the machines and the robots, and and take care of of the feelings the human develop mm. uh, when 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 interacting with with the robotic systems. Mm -hmm. But again, I think it's mm. today more. Uh, philosophical uh, and uh, artistic area and uh, uh, maybe uh, topic of, of uh, psychology or ethics or um, yeah uh, then uh, human sciences then then really a, a hard scientific field in robotics right mm -hmm. so that's really interesting point do you think that human should respect robots because there's some researchers that design robot to feel pain do you think this is something really can be really seriously considered or just like hoax? What's serious that robots can feel pain and the ethics of the robots? Uh, you think you have to respect uh, robots or not? Well, I think on 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 on, on the level uh, uh, robots uh, developed so yeah. far, we can in in no way assign them any. Uh, in, in any rights and qualities which are in, in any any way similar to uh, to human like right uh, yeah. again it's it's something more uh, of a philosophical and, and mm -hmm. speculative aspect than uh, um, than uh, real scientific topic of, of robotics today mm -hmm. but uh, yeah it's good to think about yeah. uh, about all these aspects well in advance okay 
So we are coming to the end. Uh, okay. Just I uh, would like us when we discuss with family how they feel about robotics. Just like interested or they don't care about it. Oh yeah, I have um, I have two sons and uh, yeah they 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 love robotics actually and mm. and uh, yeah my wife she's a high school teacher and mm. she also teaches robotics to to an optional course at, at high school and you you can see how how uh, high school kids get excited so mm -hmm. whenever people in Germany complain that uh, there are too few people and uh, too few kids and especially too few girls studying uh, technology and natural sciences uh, mm -hmm. I think robotics is a good way of attracting attracting kids to to that area right because it brings everything together right uh, mathematics and physics of course and some some basic knowledges in in, in programming and and developing complex systems mm -hmm. so my impression is that uh, that high school kids are very enthusiastic and and mm -hmm. it's really one way of attracting them towards engineering and science yeah so do you have any robots at your home and that's the first part you have any robots Yes, yes, yes. I have my cleaning <laughs> robot and I have Roomba, uh, right. uh, no, no, it's not not a Roomba. And uh, I don't want to advertise <laughs> okay, anything. No. And and of course, for my my loan, I have also uh, mm. a robot. Yes, but these okay. are the two I have. So, if there's other robots you would like to imagine to have in your home, something really having been done, you imagine kind of robots. Oh yes, we actually we we work on this, uh, uh, you know, healthcare and elderly care robots. I I hope that when I I will need help, I I will have one of the robots we developed uh, together, mm -hmm. right, uh, helping around at home. Mm -hmm. So since you are a great researcher, do you think ego is important for the researcher? Sorry, ego is important. Ego. I don't know. So I think uh, yeah. enthusiasm is is, is 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 important and commitment and mm. yeah, we sacrifice or invest a lot of time. I wouldn't call it sacrifice because mm. we love love what we do. But I think being enthusiastic and and mm. committed and and very very I think serious and 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 uh, you know taking this this research and these re responsibilities we have seriously it's uh, mm. it's it's important mm. ego i don't know <laughs> okay so uh, finally just what are the main qualities for the research and for from you see a lot of student and graduate student you have what is the main qualities you think for the successful researcher well i think I think being being enthusiastic and committed, you know, mm. the, the commitment and the interest is the most most important uh, most important thing, um, which I think then then people go into it and and uh, of course if 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 they are uh, very interested in what they are doing and and committing their time, mm. mostly they have progress. Of course, we have we have excellent students, so we hire. Uh, only top students. Mm -hmm. We are in a very happy position with robotics of uh, never running short of, uh, of uh, master or PhD students because it's uh, such a cool topic. So, of course, it's without saying that that you need uh, students with with uh, top results in in yeah. their studies, but. Uh, this alone, it's it's uh, isn't it right? But you you need people which are really committed and also like to make 
things work in real, right? Mm. That's, that's the difference between a university yeah. study and then when you start doing real robotics, right? You, you start dealing with the real work and, and you need to yeah. go all the way from a strong theory to um, bringing uh, things to work in practice. Yeah. What is the best advice was given to you and was like a life changing? Was it personally or professionally you would like to share with audience? Hard to say, actually. Well, probably it was my first ICRA conference, right? Mm. The first time I was as a PhD student, my first year to the conference, I was I was so enthusiastic about that. Um, mm. You know, attending all these talks and thing, seeing all those those fantastic people presenting their research and and uh, competing with their ideas. I actually I immediately knew that I would like to belong to this uh, to mm. this community. Mm. Great. Okay. Good ending. Thank you. <laughs> thanks so much, and Bob. Thank I dream ERS Soft Robotics TC. I would like to thank you for time. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you.